Good morning. One month after my 16th birthday, my father died. He was 53 years old. It was two o'clock in the morning and my mother woke me up saying that she thought my dad was, was really sick. And I remember at the time that I wasn't too worried because my father had never been really sick or in the hospital a whole lot. But on this particular night, he suffered a major heart attack that neither he nor my mother nor I were ready for. I remember standing in the doorway of his room and looking at my father as he was dying in his bed. I remember him stopping to breathe. I remember first the police that arrived. In those days, you called the police. There were no 911 numbers. And then the ambulance taking him away covered with a white sheet. And I remember them having to negotiate the gurney through our kitchen to get down the stairs. I remember the rush of events taking place in the next few days as my mother made phone calls and funeral arrangements. And the same conversation going on over and over again. Hi, this is Jane. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but Tony just died. Yes, I know. It was a shock to me, too. And I remember the strangest thing of all, and that was sitting on the floor of my father's room a few days later, shining his shoes, getting them ready for the funeral where the undertaker was going to dress him in his best suit and tie, and he was going to wear these shoes in the coffin. Years later, I, I realized that shining his shoes was a sign of the denial that I was in over my dad's death. It was my way of holding off for just one more minute the terrible reality that my father would never need shoes again, that he was dead. With time, I managed to let go of this denial and finally accept the difficult and painful truth that my dad was gone and I would never have to shine his shoes again, that I would never have to run his errands again, that he and I would never watch the Friday night fights or the Saturday night hockey game ever again. This truth was so great, was so hard to get my mind around, was so difficult to acknowledge that it took me almost 15 years not to know it, I knew he was dead, but to accept the finality of his dying. You see, great truth, hard truth, challenging truth, painful truth is like that. It takes a long time and a lot of effort to accept truth. This basically is what we're studying this week as we hear a lot of lessons based on the book of Acts in the New Testament. And I've noticed some of you students attending some of those classes. Although the subject of each speaker's lesson is different, the theme running through the entire book of Acts and each of the speaker's lesson is how different people came to grips with a new and devastating truth in their lives. This truth, this new reality was and remains amazing that God, 
the creator of the universe and everyone and everything in it appeared on earth as a human being and then was killed and then resurrected from the dead and then ascended back into heaven? You know, we, we get excited about the possibility of UFOs, unidentified flying objects. We get excited about that. I want you to imagine for a moment the newspaper and TV coverage if an alien spaceship with actual beings from another planet landed in Times Square in New York City and came out of their spaceship to make contact with us. Can you just imagine? Could you imagine what the news coverage would be like? Think of the presidential elections and the news coverage. Can you just imagine what the coverage would be like if an alien spaceship landed in Times Square? Every TV network, every newspaper, magazine, radio station in the whole world would be represented. It would be front page, round the clock reporting for new, who knows how long. But I'll tell you what, even if every media outlet were there taking pictures, filming, interviewing these strange beings with their... And another thing, why do we always think that people from Mars are shorter than us? <laughs> so where do you come from? Do you play basketball? I guarantee you if every single newspaper in the world were covering this story and splashed it and it was, it was, it was on the TV and we saw it for ourselves, there would be people who would doubt that it was true. There would be people who would claim it was a hoax, a fraud, a plot by the CIA or the Republicans or whatever to scare people. Even if all the leaders at the United Nations would examine the spaceship, communicate with the creepy-looking tall aliens, and certify that these were indeed creatures from another planet, there would still be some people who would not believe. And do you know why? Denial. They could not accept a great new truth that there are other beings that have come to Earth in their spaceship to visit us. They couldn't get their minds around this new idea. They would invent any other theory or explanation rather than accept a new truth that challenges what they think is normal or real. Let's face it, never mind aliens. We've seen this happen in our own age, haven't we? For example, in July of 1969, the Apollo 11 spacecraft commanded by astronaut Neil Armstrong landed on the moon and sent pictures of this incredible mission to Earth. And at that time, there were many who claimed it wasn't true. There were many who says, oh, it was all done in a studio. There was, there was no moon landing. And this is after we watched the rocket ship take off and we followed it from Houston and we saw the pictures and we saw them come back and we saw the spaceship land and the guys get out of the ship and the whole thing. Oh, no, it's not true. 
In more recent history, we all witnessed the two planes that slammed into the World Trade Centers in New York City and the awful tragedy that took place as a result. And even though we have the identity of all the hijackers, we have the plan that they used, the equipment that they carried, and their plot, and with an acknowledgement by their leader, Osama bin Laden, that he actually carried out the attack and he's glad of it, even with all of that proof, there are millions of Muslims around the world who refuse to believe that their countrymen did this, saying that, well, the American CIA did it or the Jewish spies did it. You know why? Because the obvious truth is way too hard to accept. For the moon launch, it was more than just some people could imagine that a man could walk on the moon. They would rather believe it was a joke, a hoax, than accept that something impossible for so long was now actually possible. For the 9-11 attack, it was more than some people could accept that people professing Muslim faith would carry out such a mind-numbing murder. They would rather believe that their enemies would do this and blame them than one of their own can do it. You see, people have trouble with a new truth. People have trouble with a new reality. Whether it's a good reality or a bad reality, they have trouble because it's new. It doesn't fit into the box that they have. They've got little boxes in their heads and, and stuff comes and they go, oh, that goes in that box, that goes in that box, that goes in that box, and then something comes along and they go, whoa, that doesn't fit anywhere. It must not be true. Now, before I gave you the example of the aliens landing in New York City, as great and strange as this might be, these creatures would still be part of our universe. I mean, it would be like discovering a new species of plant or a new species of animal that we do all the time. Aliens landing here would be like finding a new species of human life. So as incredible as that might seem, it wouldn't be that, you know, it's not out of our universe. But what happened in Israel 2,000 years ago was more mind-boggling than even aliens landing in New York. Not an alien landing on some kind of vehicle, but God himself coming to earth as a human being through the miraculous pregnancy of a woman. God himself demonstrating his divinity and identity through powerful and unmatched signs and miracles. God himself allowing himself to be killed physically and then resurrecting Proving, resurrecting from the dead in order to prove what? That he was God. That he could do anything. You don't believe I can, I can multiply fish and bread for 5,000? You still don't believe I'll walk on the water? You still don't believe I'll heal the blind? You still don't believe I'll cure the deaf? You still don't believe I'll resurrect somebody else from the dead? You still don't believe? Okay, I'll resurrect myself from the dead. Now do you believe? Talk about a new reality, a mind-expanding truth, a difficult idea to completely grasp. Talk about denial, big-time denial. Here was something so great, so impossible, so beyond normal, so incredibly life-altering that to accept it was to accept a completely new view of reality and a drastic change in lifestyle. And to deny it required a major rejection of obvious events and realities that had taken place right before their very eyes. I see it, but I can't believe it. In the end, everybody had to judge for themselves. And you know what? The story of the book of Acts and the story of the Bible is the story of how people reacted to this new reality. 
God's appearance in Jesus Christ challenged every group that witnessed his life, death, and resurrection. And they didn't all react in the same way. For example, the pagans, they reacted with pride. Pontius Pilate questioned Jesus and even though was impressed by his poise and presence, could not bring himself to believe that there would be any presence or power greater than Caesar's. And even though Jesus had boxed him in in their discussion about what is real and true, he haughtily dismissed Jesus with the disbeliever's final defense asking, oh, what is truth? If I was there, I would have slapped him. I'll show you truth. The pagan mind could not fathom a power or a God any greater than he himself could create, could not see the one who was the source of the little power he did have was standing right in front of him. The pagans were too proud to accept the new truth. And the Jews, how did they respond? They responded with fear. The priests, the Pharisees, the scribes, and those who followed them had a vested interest in maintaining what? Maintaining the status quo, that's what. If Jesus was God, then their control over religion and their position as the arbitrators over religion of the people, it was gone, it was finished. They had long ago lost the vision of who and what the true God was and wanted uh, 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 what the true God was and wanted so that when he actually appeared among and before them, they saw only a powerful threat to their position and not the power that actually supported their position in the first place. I mean, think about it. The Pharisees watched Jesus resurrect a dead Lazarus four days in the tomb, dead as a doornail, starting to rot, brings him alive out of the grave. And what do they do? They say, well, we've got to figure out how to stop this guy. They couldn't accept or believe in this new and great truth because they were too afraid to do so and too fearful of what believing would demand of them. Some people don't want to believe because believing means change. And brother, I'll tell you, I'll do anything except change. What about the apostles? Well, the apostles and disciples, they responded with joy. Let me explain to you the psychology of their response, if you will. When you're a condemned man in a prison, in a dungeon, and an earthquake comes along and knocks the prison down to set you free, how do you think you're going to respond? Are you going to say, you know, I doubt the reality of what is really happening. Is that what you're going to say? Or are you going to say, you know, there are, there are no earthquakes in this part of the country, so it's impossible that I can be free. Is that what you're going to say? Do you think earthquakes can't knock down walls without killing people inside? Are those the things you're going to think about if you're in prison in a dungeon and an earthquake comes and knocks the walls down to set you free? No, you're going to say, hallelujah, I'm free, and you're going to run for it. This is how the apostles and early disciples responded to Jesus Christ. God had never appeared as a man. They had never seen such signs and miracles and teachings. Everything he taught was true and everything he said that would happen, happened. And in addition to this, Jesus fed them miraculously, healed them miraculously, appeared to them miraculously. He even empowered some of them to do some of the miracles that he was doing. 
And this was all not supposed to be. It was out of the normal. It was a tremendous new truth which overwhelmed any doubt or reservations they had. You know what? The apostles, they ate the multiplied bread and fish. They, they walked and saw with healed legs and eyes. They tasted firsthand this new spiritual power given them by Christ. And you know what they said? They said, hallelujah, this may be weird, but I can't deny that it's true. This is why when the apostles began to preach and proclaim this wonderful new truth that God had come among men to save them, when they began preaching this new truth, the religious leaders of the day wanted to silence them. They were beaten, they were threatened with the same kind of death that Jesus endured if they didn't keep quiet about this new incredible truth that they had seen and experienced. And when they faced, uh, and when faced with keeping quiet or bursting out with this incredible news that God had become a man and died to save all mankind, here's what Peter and John said. This is what they said. They said, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking out about what we have seen and what we have heard. Acts chapter 4, 19 and 20. They couldn't deny what they saw. They had to acknowledge the new reality even if it meant suffering or death. In other words, they said, beat me, kill me, do what you will. I saw what I saw. I know what I know. I can't go back. I've met the alien. You know what? Nothing has changed in 2,000 years, or will it for 10,000 more years until Jesus comes? In this world... In our society, there is great denial of the obvious truth because of ignorance, because of pride, because of fear. But there are those. But there are those who see, who know. But there are those who believe. And they say, offer me whatever you want. Promise me anything. Threaten me, torture me, kill me, if that's your desire. But I've seen what I've seen, and I know what I know, and I believe the truth, and I will never deny that Jesus is God, and that one day I will be with him forever. God bless all those who hear, who see it, who get it, and who never let it go. God bless you.